Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. I'm Becky Hansen. This is Closer Look. My guest today is Dustin Morris, Alaska Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Two parents or guardians of small children, our interview today is an adult topic, and the material may not be safe for little ears. Welcome to Closer Look, Dustin. Thank you for having me. What's a brief description of the work of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention? Our mission is to save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide. So we're all about suicide prevention and educating the public, the general public, on what to look for and how to help when you're concerned about someone or even yourself. How's it going all over Alaska? All over Alaska, it's it's hard to say. We we do know that we've received an increase of phone calls from, you know, concerned parents or friends of families or individuals, but it's still really early to be able to say if we're seeing an increase, if people are are dying at a more frequent rate than maybe in years past. But we know that anxieties are increasing, stresses are increasing, feelings of being overwhelmed, and accessibility to mental health services has decreased during this time of COVID. Do you have any significant statistics you can share with us? Yeah. So the Center for Disease Control publishes the annual suicide rate every year, amongst other things. And they're always a little bit delayed. So the most recent numbers that we have are from 2018. And according to that study, it shows that Alaska is moving in the right direction and that we went from being the second state, leading state in the nation, to the sixth. So, And that was just with a 2.5% decrease in suicide rates. Now, unfortunately, we can't pinpoint what we can attribute that to other than we continue to focus on this epidemic and this crisis as a state united. The leading cause of death for young people ages 10 to 24 in our state is suicide, and suicide remains in the top five leading causes of death for the subsequent age groups all the way up to 65 plus. And so it's really concerning to see that something that is preventable continues to be a major leading cause of death in our state. Are we still seeing numbers? I want to say in the past, I've heard that, say, January, February is a a bad time for people. Is that still kind of the standard? So spring tends to be where we see a spike or an increase in um, suicide completions. And uh, typically people have this idea that maybe around the holidays or towards the end of the holiday season, is when people are most likely to die by suicide. And that's not true. The numbers show us that there is a significant increase during the spring months. So as we prepare for spring break, for summer vacation, as as we're letting out schools and colleges are dismissing for their, their summer breaks, that tends to be the time that we see uh, an increase in suicide rates. And um, just because I'm using those in, as examples is when we see it doesn't mean that that's what the cause might be. Education seems to be the key 
for the work that you do. Like you said, we're not sure why the the rates have improved some, but what kind of education do you provide? Yeah, so the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention offers a wide array of community programs, and all of these programs are free. So whether your employer wants to solicit us to come and present or your community group or just a group of individuals that might be interested, we have programs designed for uh, to give you kind of an entry-level understanding of suicide prevention through our program called Talk Saves Lives. We have a back-to-school parent-guardian orientation for suicide prevention program that's coming up called More Than Sad, and that's a program that's designed to help parents and guardians and even educators recognize depression and young people, specifically teens. We have programs for uh, youth making that transition from high school to college, and we have a number of uh, other programs that are more specific to different community types and different areas of focus. If you're just tuning in, I'm Becky Hansen here with Dustin Morris, Alaska Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Dustin, we were talking about some of the education provided. What other resources can we find? There's many resources just on our website alone at afsp.org slash Alaska. There you can find resources for yourself, for someone you might be concerned about, and for where to find local help as far as seeking treatment or medical attention, and including how to get yourself to a hospital and maybe even what it's like for the intake process, which can be a little overwhelming for somebody who is not familiar with the health system. You know, I had an all too early experience with suicide at the age of 13 when a young man in my group of friends died by suicide. The question I had then is the same as I have now, why? And do we know why people resort to suicide? Well, unfortunately, there there's no one answer to why someone takes their life. Suicide is a complex health issue and that there's many underlying intersecting contributors to why a person might get to that point. Oftentimes, there's an undiagnosed mental health condition or maybe a mental health condition that's not being treated. And there's just this culmination of things that are compounding on a person. And when those intersect, it creates a crisis situation. And as intense and as quick as that crisis comes on, what we try to do as an organization is help people understand that that can pass. And with time and with help, it will subside and you can lead a person to resources to help them get through this so that it doesn't continue to happen. So the answer is we don't know and that there are multiple answers to that question. Unfortunately, as human beings, we all want to find resolve and we want the answers, but there is no one answer to that question. I like when you said that, in a paraphrase, making it past that point, that critical point, and steering someone away from from taking their life. I heard a story once about a woman who had made the decision that she was going to end her life that day, and was walking down the street, and someone she didn't know, just a stranger on the street, met her eyes and gave her a really genuine smile. 
And that literally turned her day and she didn't take her life. And she shared that with her friends. Is it, is it possible to be as simple as that? It is quite possible. And more often than not, if we trust our gut when we're concerned about someone and reach out to them, that can be a life-saving intervention that maybe we didn't realize was going to be the, the outcome. Oftentimes, people that are feeling these suicidal feelings or having these thoughts are not going to be forthright in telling you this. You, you have to inquire and you have to be genuine in your concern and simply checking in with your, your loved ones and the people that you care about can really turn their day around and help de-escalate that, that crisis situation that they're experiencing. I think now would be a good time to talk about the warning signs. Are there warning signs you can share with us? Yeah, there are warning signs. And to try to maybe simplify it a little bit, there are three areas of focus that you can kind of hone in on. And they're talk, behavior, and mood. And really what it boils down to is, is somebody saying something that's out of character for them? Are they acting in a way that's not normal for them? And do they appear to be maybe a little more disconnected or um, a little less excited about things that normally they would engage in? And when you can kind of just look at a person that you know and, and you're familiar with and they're not acting themselves, that's a time to just inquire, like, how's it going? Is there something I can help you with? And I'm, I'm a little worried about you because I noticed that you're, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever it might be, that doesn't seem normal for that person. And I, I think when you can be specific about your inquiry, you will likely get a better response. So those are, are great things to do if you suspect that someone is, is thinking about taking their life. What should we not do? Well, what you don't want to do is minimize someone's feelings. And I think we, tr we do that sometimes with the best intentions. And what I mean by that is if you notice somebody seems to be excessively sad or feeling overwhelmed or they're exhibiting these anxious emotions, minimizing, saying like, oh, it's going to be okay. Just, you know, chin up and, and try to, to move forward or think positively. It'll, it'll be okay. Those those kinds of things are, are obviously, I think, met with the best intentions, but they can minimize a person's experience and make it feel like no one understands. So instead of maybe saying those types of things, it's really to inquire and be a good listener. And again, as human beings, we tend to want to solve the problem, but we're not medical professionals and it's maybe not for us to solve. Instead, it's for us to support, to come alongside a person who's expressed that they're having suicidal thoughts, that they're feeling depressed, that they, they, they're feeling anxious. And instead of trying to solve it for them, lead them to resources where they can get the help that they, they need. And that can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Thanks for joining us. This is Closer Look. I'm Becky Hansen with my special guest, Dustin Morris, Alaska Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. You can find more information online at afsp.org forward slash Alaska. They're also on Facebook or reach them by phone at 907-201-9273. 
Now, if you need help right now, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. Or contact the Crisis Text Line by texting TALK to 741-741. To parents or guardians of small children, our interview today is an adult topic and the material may not be safe for little ears. Dustin, we've been talking about suicide prevention. I'm curious, can we find out a little bit about you? What's what's your story? How'd you how'd you get here? So I, I've grown up in Alaska. I, I originally from Texas. I moved here when I was about six or seven years old, chasing my grandparents. My grandparents always wanted to come to Alaska. They bought a motorhome and drove the Alcan. And when they got to Alaska, they decided to stay. And my mother and my my aunt, being very close to my grandparents, flew up to Alaska to talk some sense into them, or so (laughs) they thought. And next thing you know, our families were moving here and have been here ever since. Dustin, right now in the midst of COVID-19 and the hunker down that we've been doing, I imagine people are feeling isolated. Do you have any advice? Yeah, you know, one of the best things that people can do right now is to, if you don't already have a routine, is to develop a routine and stick to that routine and do things somewhat the same way that you did prior to COVID being so widespread. So, for instance, if you got up at a certain time and you took a shower and you got yourself dressed, do those things. Create some sense of routine, some things that you can look forward to and that that bring a sense of comfort into your life. What you don't want to do is start seeking comfort in other things like consuming more alcohol than maybe you normally did or finding some other vice to seek comfort in because that can lead you down a path that maybe you don't really want to go and have consequences that are not desirable. That's a good point. I heard that studies show mental disorders or substance abuse, as you said, have been found in 90% of people who have died by suicide. Is that true? Yeah. So most people that die by suicide have an underlying mental health condition, about 90% or more. And we know that through the studies that are taking place across the world. We also know that the large majority of people will experience a mental health condition throughout their life. But that doesn't mean that everyone's going to go on to become suicidal. So it's really important to understand that we all experience mental health in some way. We have good days, bad days, and everything in between. And some of us have conditions that last a little bit longer and can subside uh, without treatment. But a lot of times we do need some sort of treatment, and that can be a combination of things. But ideally, it's whatever works best for the individual is what we want to encourage people do. Are there any misconceptions about suicide? Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions that add to the stigma around suicide that make it a little uncomfortable to talk about. One is oftentimes people will say, well, that was a selfish act. And the the reality is that most often the person that dies by suicide tends to think that they're doing everyone else a favor. They're struggling with something, and therefore they think that they're offering relief by not being present anymore. So to say that it's a selfish act, you know, 
that's not always fair, and we don't always know the circumstances. We also tend to think that when we use words like committed, it can add to the stigma. Once upon a time, suicide was considered a crime, and so if someone made an attempt, they were institutionalized or put in jail. And that kind of thought can add to people not wanting to seek help or to ask for help when they need it. It also makes us think very negatively of uh, a person that, that might make an attempt or has died by suicide. So there's lots of things that are stigmatized around this issue and uh, perpetuate the problem versus offer paths towards a solution. Those are very good insights. You know, I think the question that everyone wants to know, is there hope? There is hope. And that's what we're all about um, as an organization. And in addition to offering uh, paths to prevention, we're really here to support people and to offer hope. Most people that are suicidal are ambivalent about their life, meaning part of them wants to die and a part of them wants to live. We're all about tapping into that side that wants to live and finding ways to offer people hope. And whether that's advocating for self-care, more education, to giving people quicker access to lifelines like the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline with a three-digit number or a number of other things, it's all about finding ways to inspire and, and focus on that hope that exists. Do you happen to have a suicide prevention success story? Yeah, you know, I think there's lots of them. But me personally, I tend to get phone calls. Um, I'm not a mental health professional, and I have not been trained in that area. I am a, a, a development director, for lack of better term. And I understand our organization and the principles that we represent. But from time to time, somebody will call me uh, reaching out because they're in distress or they're concerned about someone. And being able to connect those individuals with resources is critical to what we do. And there's been many occasions where I've been able to successfully do that and even sit with a stranger while they talk to somebody uh, on the Suicide Prevention Lifeline phone number and stay with them and, and be that support. And that, that has happened on a number of occasions. And it's so fulfilling to know that these systems are in place and that people can access that no matter who they are or where they're at, they're available to them. And through these services, we're seeing lives being saved. As we're winding down the interview, I have a few more questions to ask. Uh, one, do you collaborate with other groups in the local area? Yeah, so we co collaborate with most of the established suicide prevention coalitions task force or uh, whatever name that they might be going under identifier. We are happy and more than willing to collaborate. We also collaborate with national organizations like NAMI. We're working with the statewide suicide prevention council that's supported, uh, appointed by the governor. We work with a lot of different groups. And it really, it doesn't matter what your group is. If you have an interest in saving lives, uh, we're interested to hear from you. So if you're listening and you're a community organizer of some kind and are interested in learning more and want to collaborate, please reach out to us. We're happy to hear from you. How else can we help? Do you need volunteers? 
Volunteers are really what we're all about. We're a staff of one, and I am representing the entire state of Alaska. So without volunteers being boots on the ground in communities across the state, we can't effectively do what we do. So we're always looking for people who are interested in learning more to to receive training and to be the voice for those that need a voice to be heard. How is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention funded? We're funded through um, mostly donations from individuals and small corporate businesses, as well as some of the larger businesses that we might be most familiar with in our, our communities. But we do that through fundraising activities, through the out-of-the-darkness experiences that we're hosting, and through several other small engagement opportunities. But the majority of the funds that we receive come from individuals who have opened up their hearts and their wallets to make a contribution to this cause. What would you especially like the public to know about suicide? That it's preventable. Suicide is preventable. It might be one of the leading causes of death in our nation, but it's one of the few where it's not up to genetics. It's not up to, you know, drawing the short string. It's a a humanitarian effort that if we all look inward and we try to be good people and reach out to those that we're concerned about, we can really make a difference in the suicide rate and seeing that number decline substantially. And wouldn't that be a great thing right here in Alaska? Dustin, before we close, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I would just like to add that if you're interested in learning more about suicide prevention, if you'd like to be more involved in this cause, to please reach out to us. You can fill out a volunteer application on our website. You can give me a call. That same number that was shared with the listeners before 201-9273. You can text me if you're not comfortable talking, um, and I will gladly respond to you because we do need help, and we're always looking for volunteers who are willing to move this cost forward. And again, the website is afsp.org forward slash Alaska, and you can find them on Facebook as well, or that phone number is 201-9273 here in Alaska. If you need help right now, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-8255. Or contact the Crisis Text Line by texting TALK to 741-741. I'd like to thank my guest, Dustin Morris, Alaska Area Director for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. For more information on suicide prevention, you can also email us at closerlook at klove.com. That's closerlook at klove.com. For Closer Look, I'm Becky Hansen. This has been Klove Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.